Hey, Rooftop Nation, what's going on? So last week in the, uh, the module before this one, we were talking about emotion. And the question that I posed to you was, how much does emotion affect your life? How much does it affect your day-to-day? And hopefully I made enough of a compelling case that you will now consider that emotion is a big part of our life, regardless of how sophisticated we think we are, how modern we think we are, emotion is a big part of our life. And no matter how much we train, you know, when the brain experiences uh, a perceived threat or uh, needs the body to take an action, we're going to feel an emotion. There's a lot of people who think we are thinking creatures who feel, um, as it says in the book, Stroke of Insight, but the reality is we are feeling creatures who think. Logic makes people, you know, think, but emotion makes people act. And that's what I really wanna drive home. So in this particular episode, we're gonna talk for a few minutes about some of the things that you can do uh, in managing your mindset to actually um, leverage emotions in an appropriate way. And you can, you just have to train on it. And I'm gonna give you stuff that you can do right here. So let's pick back up uh, with our story about the film Last Out. You know, when we last saw our intrepid protagonist, he had lost his mind. No. Uh, and I had, I became temporarily stupid because I allowed uh, semi-consciously my fear of this film not being worthy of the folks who watch it. I allowed uh, my anger, I allowed it to go to a secondary emotion of anger, and then I started to project blame and all of that stuff on people around me. I mean, that's amateurish, and that's what so many people are doing today. I allowed myself to go into that trance-like state. I'm not proud of that, I'm pretty embarrassed about it, but it happened. Uh, what I was able to do, though, was I was able to recognize my behavior and come out of what D David Martin calls a trip and come out of it and get conscious again and then put measures in place to bring my sympathetic state out of the red down into a parasympathetic state into the blue. So I went from fight, flight, or freeze into calm and connect. And I was able to you know, atone, put things back in the box. And I think there's a lot of that needed these days in the old rooftop nation. So what did I do? Well, the techniques that I used in that moment was as soon as I realized I was doing it, I just did a, a big uh, exhale with, uh, with just squeezing my belly to spine. And I just kind of allowed that bad air to come out. I then noticed my feet on the floor. I just noticed that. Carl Bury taught me that in performance. And then I, I did three lower body breaths, expanding my belly on the inhale as Dr. Belisa Veronich teaches, and then just squeezing belly to spine. I just took a moment to do that. Three lower body breaths. And then I noticed three new things in the room, right? There's the purple chair right there. There's the whiteboard I'm looking at and there's the timer. And what that does, it brings me back to the present. It gets me out of my head. It gets me out of that sympathetic state. And I'm now focused because we're ancient brains in a high tech world. And when we go into that trance-like state of anger or fear, we surrender our agency. So I have to bring my focus back to the here and now. Do you see what a powerful tool that is? We're the only uh, mammals that can really do that. Step outside of ourselves and exercise agency that takes us counter to our instincts, right? And those are, that's a technique right there to do that. And then you ask yourself, okay, well, what's the point? I actually had a coaching student ask me not too long ago is, why can't I just be angry? I deserve to be angry in this moment. Well, just ask yourself this question. Is this a moment where I am prepared to surrender perspective and human connection? And if it is, get angry. 
right? But if the moment calls for perspective and human connection, then you probably don't want to surrender your agency to a trance-like state that is 250,000 years old and primal. Hmm, like I did. So that's the, that's the thing, is that if we want people to follow us in this trust-depleted world that we live in, this churn where disengagement, distraction, and trust are, you know, are, are really challenges, then if we want people to move that are reluctant to take action, we have to be relevant. And the people who are relevant are the ones who can manage their own emotional temperature. They're the ones who can manage the emotional temperature in the room. As Professor James Clawson says, leadership is the management of energy, starting with yours and then the people around you. And that's really what, I, you know, I hope that's why you care about this. I hope that that's why you care. Because when I surrendered my agency to that trance-like state of anger, I, I looked like I didn't trust myself anymore. I surrendered perspective. I surrendered psychological safety for the room. I surrendered human connection. I was no longer the leader who was holding space that makes people feel safe, creative, and collaborative. I was now a threat. You understand? Because I looked like I didn't trust myself. And when I look like I don't trust myself, do you think anybody else is going to trust me? Hell no. Right? So that's why this, I hope that you care, whether you're a CEO or a parent of a teenager, if we look like we don't trust ourselves, then the other party's not going to feel safe or connected, which means they're not going to reward us with reciprocity of doing what we want them to do or we need them to do out of their own free will. There you go. And so hopefully that's why you care. So what are the tools? Well, some tools that you can use immediately if you feel yourself triggered is that exhale that I talked about, feeling your feet on the floor, and then three lower body breaths. Dr. Belisa Veronich's book, Breathe or Breathing for Warriors, really helps for this. She's got a TED Talk on it. Um, and then just notice three new things in the room, and that'll bring you right there. That'll bring you right there. If it's a pretty high trigger that you hit, Go do a workout. One of my coaching students who's a, a National Guard commander has gone through some tough personal issues with her family and she went and did a really massive workout, metabolized all that fear and got back into a parasympathetic state, then laid down and did the breath work. Very, very effective. Uh, journaling is another one. Journaling every morning and every night. Um, and then also storytelling, like just working on storytelling, looking for opportunities to tell a story and what I should have done in that moment was ask everyone to tell me the story of what happened and just listened as if my life depended on it. That would have automatically brought my sympathetic state down. But instead, I rushed to judgment and I looked at my own resentment and let that drive and I went into that trance-like state and it made me stupid, right? So I've already given you a lot of tools here uh, that you can use. And it sounds simple, but it, it's, it's really not. You know, um, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. And a friend of mine, Brian, says simple is the, is, the, is the lack of complexity, and that's what we want. Easy is the lack of effort, right? And, and, and you know, this isn't easy. Uh, it does take effort, but it's totally worth it. So um, here's the thing. I'd like you to do some homework. I, I want you to really start to think about your emotional temperature. Uh, use that emotional thermometer and assess from here on out, when am I in the red, which is the sympathetic state of fight, flight, or freeze, and when am I in the blue, the parasympathetic state of calm and connect where broader perspective and human connection is more possible? And start to see when that happens and when you go into the red. And if you keep working on that, you'll develop the ability to notice when it happens, get agency in your life, and then apply some of these tools to bring your state right back down. 
So really start to use that thermometer to look at yourself. I like to use the thermometer to assess a room when I walk into it, either in a Zoom call or a Teams call uh, or you know, whatever forum you're using digitally. Uh, or when you walk into a room you know, that's a physical room, assess the emotional temperature, notice your own emotional temperature, and then the party across from you. Uh, it really is a tool that works. And then focus on managing your own state, right? Learn where you are on that gradient of the thermometer. Sometimes you need to be a little bit in the red, right? You've got to show up at a, at a higher level of, you know, cortisol and performance, and that's fine, but then be able to bring it back down for recovery. But most of the time, when human engagement and perspective is necessary, I want to be in some level of that blue. I want to be in that parasympathetic state. And for that, I really need to be connected to my breath. I can't recommend Dr. Belisa's book enough. Again, Breathe and Breathing for Warriors. The more you are connected to your breath, the more you will be able to leverage the vagus nerve to send those signals to the brain to regulate the state. The person who can regulate their state, their emotional temperature, is the one who's going to own the room. Um, you hear me talk all the time about how fear is contagious, but so is leadership. This is absolutely the truth. Um, humans sense from an attunement perspective when another human is connected to their breath and they will actually mirror that. They also sense when another human is a, a, a overtly aroused to fear or anger and they will mirror that as well. So just by being connected to your breath, feeling your feet on the floor and in that parasympathetic state, you'll bring the emotional temperature of those around you down without saying a damn word. That's pretty good leadership. If this helped in any way, I hope that you'll share it with the people in your tribe. We are building this rooftop nation, 10 million inspired rooftop leaders in 10 years, taking action to bridge and connect across trust gaps. And we need you to be part of that. Thanks for what you do. We'll see you on the rooftop.